What is up, Joe Mamas and Joe Daddies? On this episode of Winnie City Joes, we have a very, very incredible guest. You may know him because his name's similar to a very popular liquor here in the city. Get it? Yeah. Because Jameson? Yeah, Jameson Rogers is my yeah. guest today. I got it. But he's cooler than the bottle of Jameson because he's the human and he performs. <laughs> and he performs. Um, and we think you'll enjoy this episode. Yeah, this is going to be a great episode. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, you're definitely going to enjoy his concert on February 17th. Uh, we talked about dogs. We talked about dogs. We talked about good dogs to be specifically. Right. Uh, no, and, nobody likes bad dogs. No. I mean, we like all dogs. Yeah, all dogs are great. Unless they're bad. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Yeah, enjoy the episode. Jameson's the man. We're looking forward to seeing him perform live. And I forgot to ask him who's going to win the Super Bowl. Damn it. Do you, and I know this is like kind of a hard hitting question to start off the bat, but do you think you have helped produce like the one of the greatest beer songs of all time in the country music industry with Cold Beer Calling My Name? <laughs> I don't know, man. Definitely not one of the greatest of all time. I mean, it's a uh, country music was built on, on beer songs, you know what I mean? So uh, I'm just happy to have a just one one little spot one little slot for a beer song in the in the country music uh history i guess do you i know that this is i know like kind of just tough question but the top of your head like what are your top three favorite beer and or just drinking songs of country music that's out there oh gosh i know i'm sorry oh man beer songs um, I mean, is Friends in Low Places considered a beer song or no? It's at least a drinking song. Because <laughs> yeah. I have spent many a nights uh, <laughs> drinking to that song. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's like the first memory of a song of my life. Like, I remember, that's like the first song I remember at like four years old. Um, Dude, I'm the worst at like thinking of songs. Like, Gosh, I'm so bad at it. That's uh, fine. We're the worst at thinking of anything, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll think on it the rest of the the podcast and no, that's that's to, that's yeah. totally fine. What's uh what's the earliest you've had to get up for an interview? Man, pro- I mean nothing insane. I ha- I haven't done like a late night show. I hear I hear that's like three four a.m. But. Um, yeah, like if, if you go up to New York or something or, or LA for like one of the late night, uh, shows, you know what I mean? Like Kim or something. I, I, I think you have to get up at like three in the morning, but I've never done that. So it's, it's been like, I don't know, 7am or something, nothing crazy. I get up early anyway, so I'm not, it doesn't really bother me. Fun fact. This is the earliest we've gotten up for an interview in a, in a while. It is. Really? It, it yeah. is, but it, you know, I feel a little bit professional by it. Yeah, I was like, oh, I woke up early. I was like, this whole day's ahead of me. I don't even, <laughs> by noon, I'm going to be like, I'm out of shit to do. 
No, man. Well, I, it's so weird. I, I I think I get the that from my mom. My mom gets up at five in the morning every and I dude, I can I can stay up and and hang out all night till three or four in the morning. I just cannot sleep. I just if the sun comes up, I'm just like, nope, you gotta get up. So that's that's a terrible trait to have once you get older. What's your uh, like? What's what's your morning like routine and or your go to? Like, do you drink black coffee? Do you add a little creamer in there? Do you just you know do Red Bulls like this freaking guy who's insane? Yeah, I just shotgun them in the morning. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> Man, I bounce back and forth. I dude, I I love coffee so much, but I can't hardly drink it anymore. I I'm getting old, dude. I I'm th- I'm 34, but I if I drink half a cup of coffee right now heartburn all day I'm just oh, like, no. it's just the worst so right now i follow the rock Do y'all follow the rock on instagram oh yeah. yeah he's been posting these zoas or whatever so i'm on the zoa train dude i'm on the rock i'm on the rock train right now drinking the zoas you also on the uh terramana train i i've not tried terramana yet i have not oh, okay but I, I need to so other than beer what's your go-to drink like do you drink like whiskey vodka whatever what is it I definitely not vodka. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't hadn't had vodka since college. That was a bad experience. But um, I like yeah, I just like some simple whiskey or or uh, tequila. I like Patron or, or uh, Casamigos. Some, any kind of uh, clear tequila or yeah, Jack Jack and Coke, Jack on the Rocks, whatever it is. Yeah. Out of um out of all the people <clears throat> you've like either written with and or performed with, which individual comes to mind when it comes to like just downing beers and or alcohol in general and you're just like how are you still alive and functioning (laughs) meaning people that you might know or people you don't know uh do one of each Mm, my buddy jake mitchell he's a songwriter we he writes a ton of stuff with me and a bunch of people in town he's he can go way past uh the point of of rescue, uh, at least on my end, I'm just like, man, I would be way tapped out, but he, he, he's a, he's a champ. Um, man, artist wise, I mean, Combs can drink beer, man. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I mean, he can, uh, yeah, he can drink a bunch of beer and and not even seem phased by it. But yeah, I, I guess I'll say Luke. Yeah. He uh he was at the United Center here in Chicago and like there is I don't know if it went viral I mean it had thousands and thousands of views because it's fucking Luke Holmes but he shotgunned a beer and it seemed like it took him like two seconds like it was oh just, dude my biggest yeah. my biggest fear my biggest fear the whole time that cold beer was going up the charts is that we were going to be at the same place same time or something and somebody was going to you know make a shotgun together and i was just like god dude i hope that never it's gonna be an embarrassing defeat on my on my part just because uh, i mean he he's he's like the world champ on that stuff you know what i mean it's like he he downs a beer in like one second <laughs> um so speaking of speaking of luke like what was it what was it like um getting him on like cold beer call my name like did you go out to him to reach or is that like just through management agencies and like hey see if luke likes his song and or lyrics like how did that process work yeah man so me and luke we met back in 2016 and 
and um just became buddies and and he had had um like the same lady that signed him to his record deal signed me to mine and so we had that connection but we we were friends way before that and i knew he knew cold beer called my name i knew he had the demo because he had mentioned like man that's a that's a cool song whatever before i even cut it and i went in the studio to cut it no intentions of him ever singing on it um when i wrote it recorded it no intentions and then around the same time as i was in the studio he hit me up and was like man i'm going on this tour this was this would have been in 2018 that he's hitting me up because the tour was in 2019 anyway long i'm I'm rambling but he was like man come out be the first of three on this tour i was like hell yes that's awesome um also you know you've already thrown me that that bone how about you sing on this song with me too you know you know you hadn't you hadn't done enough for me yet um (laughs) right right it was just a simple text too i was like man it'd be sick if you sang the second verse on on cold beer calling my name he was like dude i'm in it was it was literally that easy and that simple and i don't even i mean i i was surprised honestly that he said yes just because he's never he never does that you never see him featured on stuff that's that's true man that's what just a cool thing like i'll just i'll text my buddy luke combs you know yeah well i mean at the time too he wasn't he wasn't an entertainer of the year status. You know what I mean? This was, mm-hmm. this was probably spring 2018. So he was two or three hits in, but he wasn't, he wasn't on the moon like he is now. Um, speaking of uh, Luke and just, I guess, music in general, uh, not a good segue, but that's fine. Uh, when it comes to lyricism, his, his lyrics are insane as are yours. But when it comes to just writing a song to perfection, what artist comes to mind in your head? Mm. I'd say current current artists, uh, probably Church. Um, I've just, I mean, his stuff is the reason I moved to Nashville. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, back in the day, I feel like, I mean, there was just uh, so many 90s artists that, yeah. I mean every Garth song I feel like is just freaking awesome. And then, you know, Hank Jr. I feel like was awesome. Uh, like one of the best songwriters ever, probably in my opinion, as an, as like an artist songwriter. Um, yeah. Let's see all those. Who would you say are some of like when you were first starting out, some of your biggest inspirations into getting into music? <laughs> yeah. Like I was saying earlier, like Garth is the first memory I have of music i went and saw him at the pyramid in memphis tennessee when the pyramid was still a, a venue now it's a bass pro shop kind of sad but, um, <laughs> r.i.p yeah right um but yeah i mean I, I i was i was born in 87 and so about like you know early mid 90s when i was kind of hearing music for the first time that's some of the that was one of the best eras of country music ever you know what i mean um yeah. So all of that 90s stuff. And then I I played baseball for forever, and they'd always play like that that classic rock, just American rock and roll kind of stuff, you know, at baseball games. So I, I love all that stuff, Mellencamp, Petty, that kind of stuff. And um, Eagles, love the Eagles. Um, just that whole era, too, uh, Credence. And then, as like I said a while ago, like when I got – 
I never even picked the guitar up until I was in college. Um, Damn. And when I picked the guitar up is when Eric Church dropped Sinners Like Me. And so I was like, oh, that's, I didn't realize that's a lane you could do. Like I, you know, it, it just, it seemed like he was writing songs for dudes in a, in a way. Like it, like I'd go to, like I remember going to his shows in Oxford, Mississippi the first show I ever went and saw him, it was 30 people there and it was like 28 dudes. So, you know what I mean? It was just like, it was like, it was like, it was, it was like he was writing songs for, for, for us. And so it, I don't know, it, it just really inspired me. And so I just, I just started kind of trying to write songs like that. And I mean, I'll be damned if I, if I'm, you know, 34 years old and still doing it now, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were, we were talking about Jake Mitchell, uh, earlier and he was one of the writers on, um, some girls with Hardy and I think it was CJ solar. Am I yeah. saying that right? Yeah. Um, so can you take us back to like that day in time? Cause I know the song existed for years as a demo and just how it came to you. And then you're like, fuck it. Like I'm going to cut it, man. That, that song, it's got a crazy story. And <clears throat> I don't know if you want the whole entire story give it to me i'll give you the whole story it's crap i don't even know if i've ever told the whole story to anybody but um so me and jake hardy cj bunch of us uh came up together right moved to town around the same time none of us had anything going on for years and we would always go over to like cj's house he'd always like he had a deck and we'd sit out there and we'd go out and go over there like every weekend and you know, we'd sit around and play new songs that we wrote that week or whatever. And, and that was a song that I heard just back then when none of us had anything going on. None of us had ever had a cut. None of us even sniffing a record deal. And I just always told him, I was like, dude, that is a hit song. Like how is no one cutting this? And, you know, it, Nashville's weird, man. If you don't have any momentum going and you know, you're young, you just, you need one big, big break or whatever. And so Hardy had kind of, he was the first one to kind of get uh, a cut or two. And then the rest of us kind of followed. But back then, like, I think Chris Lane held it, held some girls for a while, passed on it. And maybe a few others. I can't remember exactly who, but anyway, I didn't have a record deal and I was, I, I had interest, right? I was getting, you could feel one getting close. And so I was, I just asked him, I was like, man, no one had it on hold. And so I was like, can I just cut this thing? I feel like it'll, it'll help me get a record deal. And it'll probably be uh, like, if I get a record deal, it's going to be a, the first single. So of course, Hardy and Jake and, and, and then they were totally cool. And, uh, dude, like, three weeks like i had cut the song like i cut the song it's coming out in like three weeks well this publishing company that cj and jake wrote for had a new employee coming in he he didn't know the whole story so he he pitched it to cole swindell well cole cole likes it of course you know of course my freaking luck cole so (laughs) it's like it's like this big thing it's just like you know, and I, I mean, Hardy and them didn't, they wanted me to cut it, but like, I felt bad, like, cause like the publishers, you could tell were just like, man, we kind of want, 
uh, Swindell to cut this because the Swindell's a big. I mean, as as they should. I mean, I didn't even have a record deal, and so anyway, it was a big. It was messy. It was messy for a little while, and not with the writers, just with like publishers and. But come to find out, it was just like a lot of noise, right? Cole heard it and liked it. It wasn't like, dude, I have to have this song kind of thing. It was just like, I don't know. It, it it's it's a lot of layers to it that I'm not going to get into. But anyway, it, it was. I'll just say it was messy for a minute, but it all worked out. I guess it, it's all good now. I mean, yeah, it was a number one. It like got you everything. Like that, I would say that you were hoping for at the time. Yeah. And, you know, like the song's a freaking banger and it's almost what uh, Church did. Like it's a, it's a song for dudes about girls that just, you know, almost drive you crazy yeah. a little bit, but Absolutely. in good way and bad way. Uh, like, what does that song mean to you? And like, as the artist, and I, I don't mean like, I guess what it, what does it mean for you in your career, but as an artist and like when you hear it and listen to it, like what emotions do you feel? And like, what do you want your audience to feel as well when they listen to that song? Well, I mean, I think, you know, every dude has girls uh, of the past that, that kind of messed them up for a little while. You know what I mean? And so, right. um, I don't know. I, I just, I knew when I heard the song, like if I've lived, through some tough breakups i'm sure you have you know y'all have and everybody else has and so i don't know it's just you know is it about a specific girl maybe maybe not you know what i mean there's there's <laughs> there's parts in there of different pieces from from you know maybe a, a few different things but uh yeah i mean I, I just i related to it so well that i knew everybody else would and so clearly they have so it's uh yeah. it's been it's been all good when uh when you did finally cut it, were there like any small lyrics that you did make changes to for it, or did you just leave it? I don't think so. I think I, I don't think I don't think I changed a single thing about it really. Gotcha. Man. I mean, so I had I, that demo. Just... I had that demo in my truck for at least two years. Like, you know what I mean. So <laughs> it, it would have been very difficult for somebody to try to get me to change anything after I've been listening to it that long. Right. Right. That's. That's insane. Like the timeline on songs is just, you don't like as a fan, it's not like how, how can that banger just be sitting on the show for a while? And then it's like, it, right, it makes you it, it, do it myself. It, it makes you wonder how many, I mean, there's just no telling how many songs that that'll just never see the light of day that are hit songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jeffrey Steele told me he went on a streak where like, Every song that he was getting cut was like the average uh, age of it was seven years old. Oh my god! I was just like, "What?" <laughs> That's just—I mean, it's just insane. Jesus, it's crazy. Seven years old. I, know, I, I don't know if it's—I don't know if it's because you know, radio. It just takes a while. Like just yeah. the radio charts, the way it's set up, it just. Man, it just takes forever um, for a song to get up the charts, unless you're one of three or four artists right now. Um, so it just, yeah, I don't know. Um, you wrote another uh, song that, in a way, is very cool and uh, heartbreaking, and I only cried three times listening to it. Uh, what was the process? <laughs> what was the process of writing um, uh, "Good Dogs"? Oh man, that 
<clears throat> that one, uh, I was, we were on a writing retreat. I go to this cabin every year, first week of January. I take, take some writers up to this cabin. We've been doing it for three or four years now. And pretty much like three, three fourths of my album comes from that cow cabin. And I was writing with Hunter Phelps, Brent Anderson and Jake and, uh, Hunter had just gotten a new dog. And it was, uh, it was like a, like, when we go to the cabin, we write literally all day and night. And so this was like a late night. This was probably at midnight, one in the morning, just sitting around uh, drinking a little bit. And Hunter was like, I have this idea. It's, yeah, it's like good dogs uh, don't live long enough because he had just gotten a brand new dog and, and uh, didn't know how to, didn't know how to write it without it just being just the saddest song of all time which it still may be it still may be but um i don't know i I remember for whatever reason just saying like what if you wrote it like what if you write it about you know good buddies and good trucks and and you know a good a good woman kind of thing and and tie all that with it and man the only thing i remember about it, it came pretty fast it was probably a couple hour right but i just remember like everybody was having to walk outside and you know clear the eyes every every half hour on that one it was just t- tugging at the heartstrings the whole time i mean like for my my great grandma said um or she would have this not system but pretty much if someone came over to her house and they didn't pet her dogs or show them love they were never invited back <laughs> right and so like her saying was like never trust anybody that doesn't pet and or love a dog and I would say, like, that saying's pretty spot on. Not, I mean, I'm sure there's people that are great people and they're allergic to dogs and, you know, whatever. I don't even yeah. care. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, but, yeah, writing a song is about dogs and just, like, the love for them is spot on. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. I appreciate um, it. Man, I, I, every, every time I play that song live, there's always a couple people, like, in the front row just <laughs> full on, just full on. <laughs> tears and i'm just like i feel i'm just like i don't know if i i'm just torn i'm just like damn i mean i i wrote a good enough song to make somebody cry that's cool but like (laughs) did i ruin their friday night (laughs) should i not play this song i don't know like it's i don't know um what's a uh what are like the top three things that you need to bring to that cabin adventure oh man just a lot of a lot of uh liquid a lot of booze i guess um really dude the the best thing apart the, about that cabin is is there's literally nothing to do besides write. like it it barely has wi-fi nice um you can't it it, it looks over a lake but you can't get down to the water um and so it's it's just literally nothing to do there except right but i mean just I, my publisher goes up there and cooks for us while we write so he cooks a couple meals a day and just brings some guitars some some booze and uh some good ideas you know publishers though and how chef too that's not a bad deal yeah that's not yeah. a bad deal at all <laughs> they wear a lot of hats you know yeah. uh, so i know we only have you for a set amount of time today but there is uh you're playing in chicago have you been to chicago before Oh yeah, one of my favorite favorite cities to play. I haven't I haven't been there since pre pandemic, so yeah, crazy. 
So, uh, what's your favorite thing to do when you are in Chicago? Oh man. Well, I don't. I've never done like the touristy stuff. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's, it's overrated. You don't need to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you don't need I've to never. see the big shiny silver bean. That's not. It's a big shiny silver bean. Like you're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> in fact that's probably how covid got started because yeah, everybody everyone touched it and, and they're it. like oh my god i need to touch it for the gram oh my god that's that's how that's how i am with like broadway nashville people are like what bar do i need to go to i'm just like i don't know i don't go down there it's it's a madhouse but um i mean my favorite pl- my favorite place is is joe's on weed like literally i mean i it's it's like my favorite club to play in the country so and and ed takes so good care of us and the pizza there is is phenomenal so i feel like the pizza is very underrated there yeah the p every time i've had pizza there it's been freaking fire oh that's amazing so you're playing thursday february 17th tickets are available at joe's bar uh talk to your fans they want to hear from you not me so what what do you want to tell them about this concert coming up and what you're looking forward to well, the fir- I was actually looking through pictures the other day. Like my first, one of my first shows with like music out and a booking agency was was me opening up for Old Dominion there in like 2016. Um, so it's a special place to me. It'd be a special show, and uh, it's one of the first shows back for me and the guys uh, since Christmas. So uh, new set, new show, be fun. That's awesome. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah, we're looking forward to you coming in the city, man. Uh, Cold Beer calling my name to her. Can't wait to have you in the city. And uh, we'll be there. And it'll be awesome to meet you. I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to meeting you guys in person. And appreciate y'all having me. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, man. Anytime. Anytime. All right, man. We'll see y'all ne- next week. Yeah, All take right, care. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>